Welcome in to This Is Baseball. I am your host, Brandon Johnson. We are officially past the All-Star break, officially into the second half of the Major League Baseball season. And I think that it is a good time to take a second and look back on everything that has happened so far and everything that we think is going to happen down the stretch. Uh, We had new rules implemented this year at the beginning of the season. Most notably, the addition of a pitch clock, larger bases, and disengagement rules by the pitchers, the elimination of the shift. All of these rule changes were a little bit controversial, mainly to baseball purists that said, oh no, the game's fine, don't change anything, don't mess up our perfect game. Well, Rob Manfred, the rules committee, Major League Baseball, took everything we knew about the game and flipped it on its head. Baseball, a game that is known for not having a clock. A game can be two hours, a game can be four hours. And, you know, in a lot of ways, that is beautiful. But in a lot of ways, it's also bad because there's a lot of nothing that happens in baseball. And the addition of a pitch clock kind of got rid of all of the nonsense that would happen. And the nonsense being stepping out after every pitch, adjusting your gloves, uh, doing a routine, the pitchers stepping off in between pitches, getting rosin, taking a walk around the mound, doing all of their rituals. Um, it's, It's eliminated all of that. And games are, games last season were, about three hours and 10 minutes and halfway through this season games are sitting at two hours and about 35 minutes. So half an hour shorter, essentially on games, there have been multiple, multiple games that have been finished in less than two hours. And that is all thanks to the pitch clock. I can understand, um, why you'd be nervous about something like this happening, a pitcher being off his rhythm, feeling rushed, a player or a batter feeling rushed. And it's been really kind of a non-factor. Early on in the season in April, we had pitch clock violations, and we still have them today, but I think everybody's pretty much settled in and they understand the expectations of what's supposed to happen during the game. Another kind of stupid argument for adding the pitch clock was it meant less baseball. And it didn't, it actually doesn't mean less baseball. In my opinion, it means more baseball and less nothing. People were saying, oh, well, tickets better be cheaper because I paid for four hours or I paid for my time at the park. Well, no, you paid for nine innings, just like you have been for 50 years, 100 years. Uh, 
So your argument doesn't really work there. Nine innings is nine innings, whether it's two hours or four hours. But it shouldn't be four hours if it doesn't have to be. Now let's look at uh, stolen base statistics. So in 2022, there was 1.4 stolen bases per game, 75% stolen base percentage. And then in 2023, we're just under two stolen bases a game with 70, just about 80% stolen base percentage. So stolen bases are up. Stolen bases are good. It's more action in the game. Not a whole lot to take there. Again, there was stupid arguments for making the bases bigger, and I can't figure out how you can complain about that because the the big draw was safety. Let's make the bases bigger so we avoid contact at the bases. Give the defenders more room and give the runners more room and that's exactly what they did i know a lot of uh people were like well it's no longer 90 feet between the bases oh i think we can be a little less than 90 feet if we get more stolen bases and uh more safety on the base paths seems like a fair trade now let's talk about the elimination of the shift. The shift was, it's been a thing for a while, but it got out of hand. There were shifts on essentially every batter. You'd have half of your defense on one side of the field and none of them on the other. 2022 versus 2023, balls in play are up. Batting average is up. And a lot of this is attributed to the elimination of the shift. You're getting more, ball, you're getting more offense, you're getting more balls in play because Players are positioned where they're supposed to be. Now, the shift is still in use to a certain extent. There's obviously limitations to it. The shortstop can't go past the second base bag. Neither can the second baseman. So there are limitations, but you still have, you know, a middle infielder playing essentially straight up behind second base every now and then. But that's fine because... This has worked and offense is up. Now with the the disengagement rule, which is essentially how many times a pitcher can attempt to pick off a runner in each at bat. You know, I haven't really noticed it much, but really this one was good just to eliminate the stalling that teams would do in order to get a reliever warmed up. So all in all, that's kind of the second half analysis of the new rules that are in place. And I think that they're all going well and baseball is better for it. People are going to be more interested. It's going to be a better TV product. I know that you probably don't really think about the rules or time when you're at the park because you've already dedicated an evening to being there. But when you're at home and you've already been watching for three hours and it's only the sixth inning, I can understand why you might get bored. So games being under three hours is a huge win and it should draw people's attention span and get more eyes on the game, which is what we're trying to do. Now, with all this being said, I want to talk about Major League Baseball's commissioner, Rob Manfred. Rob Manfred is 
the guy in charge of the league and his mission has been pace of play. And a lot of people said, oh, he hates baseball. Rob Manfred doesn't even like the sport. Why is he the commissioner of this? Why is he trying to change X, Y, and Z? And it took us a long time, but I think it's safe to say that he's right. These changes were necessary and needed to be made. And when he started, he started with little things like he removed uh, the intentional walk. And that was controversial. You know, you throw you want to intentionally walk somebody, you throw four balls. And there was that off chance that the pitcher throws a wild pitch and there's a runner on third and, you know, the they get walked off on a wild pitch or something like that. And that's like a one in a million chance. And that was a lot of people's argument was that that goes away. And now you just, you go and you throw up four fingers and say, put them on first and then we're done with it and we move on. And initially I'm like, well, that that's not going to make the game faster because you don't even intentionally walk players every game. So I don't understand the point of that, but we're like six or seven years into that rule. And I don't think that anybody really complains about that anymore. In fact, it's probably not even really a thought. And it just goes back to how do we eliminate things in the game that don't need to be there? And it makes sense. You, we don't even want to pitch to this guy. So why waste two minutes, three minutes, whatever, pitching to a guy that we don't even want to pitch to? Just put him on the base and be done with it. Let's get the next guy up. I like that. I think he's going to continue to, that being Rob Manfred, I think he's going to continue to try to make improvements. I know they've been talking about doing an automated strike zone. If you are a baseball fan, you are well aware that there is a large inconsistency in the accuracy of balls and strikes. And automated strike zones are being tested at low level leagues and it doesn't sound like those are going to be added to major league baseball anytime soon. I think that there's a lot of hesitance there from the league. I think that they want to make sure that that's right. And that is, that is a drastic change that would be on pace on par with adding a pitch clock. And I do think that eventually we will see automated strike zones or robot umpires or whatever they call it. I think it's going to be a few years down the road, though. My one criticism with Rob Manfred is his handling of the Houston Astros cheating scandal. And he actually said earlier this year that if he were to do it again, he would do it completely different. He wouldn't give the players immunity. And that was really the main thing that he did wrong there. But as far as his time as the commissioner, I think he's done a pretty good job. I know I'm probably in the minority when I say that, but he's made a lot of changes that I think were necessary. And 
I want to roll into a couple more of those. The balanced schedule where all teams face each other at least once a year, meaning you will see Shohei Otani at some point during the season, regardless of what team you root for, because we're all going to meet each other and play each other. There's going to be less division matchups. And I think this is going to help, and it already has helped, make baseball more of a national sport. Because baseball is really popular regionally or locally in each team's home community. But I think nationally, it's just not as popular as far as players and brands because of the lack of seeing teams every year. And I think if you have 162 games in a season, there's no reason that you shouldn't see every team. So another big win with the schedule. Now, starting next year, um, baseball has already been doing a little bit of international games, particularly in London. They've done some in South Korea. But starting next season, there's going to be four series that are international. And there's going to be the Dodgers and Padres that are going to open the season in Seoul. And there will be a series in Mexico City, in London again, as well as in the Dominican Republic. And again, I I think if you have 162 games to work with, you should be doing international games. You should be doing Field of Dreams and the Little League World Series game that they do and doing a game in Omaha for the College World Series. There's just, there's a lot of opportunities. And I think that Major League Baseball should embrace their schedule and be a little bit more creative with it. And I think starting with doing more international games is a good way to do it. But do stuff, do more fun series in America too. In the States, like you have been a little bit, keep that going. In the summer months, when there's nothing going on, and they're like, hey, we're playing, we're going to do a series in the Field of Dreams stadium. Like, that's that's worth turning on. Oh, it's something different. Now, speaking of something different, I'm going to look at the NBA for a second. NBA is doing an in-season tournament starting this season. And there's going to be incentive to advance and play in it. And it got me thinking and wondering if Major League Baseball should consider something like this. Once again, you have 162 games. And honestly... You hit those summer months, that July, that August stretch. And, man, if your team's out of it, you know that they're not making the playoffs. Are you checked out? Is there a reason to continue to watch, you know, 70, 80 more games of losing baseball? Not really. There's better things you can do. 
So I think if you did a mid-season tournament, there's incentives and excitement, and maybe there's, hey, if you win this tournament, you get a wild card spot, or your team gets financial, you know, a financial prize to go towards, you know, whatever. But I don't think it's a terrible idea. And I think that you could have it where you could use it as an opportunity to bring up talent from your minor leagues and put them on that roster and kind of showcase their talent and see them and let your fans see them because minor league baseball in major league baseball, while they're connected, they're, they're super different. You look at the draft that just happened. Each team drafted new talent and you really don't know who any of them are because they're likely not going to have an impact for three, four, five years anyway. And maybe putting some of that talent on an in-season roster or an in-season tournament roster could get you interested in players that you might not have known otherwise. But I think it could be good overall to just add some midsummer excitement to a season that is a a grind slog whatever you want to call it it's long and again in the summer when nothing is going on it's another way to get people to watch your sport get eyes on the game oh there's this in-season tournament that's kind of interesting what's at stake Winner gets a wild card berth, or winner gets this, winner gets that. There's a lot of different things that you could do. Now, I'll leave you with this. Go over the division leaders and the playoff picture if the season ended today. Unsurprisingly, the Tampa Bay Rays are leading the American League East, but it's not as comfortable as it was. The Baltimore Orioles are only a game and a half back now, so there's a lot more pressure on the Rays to really do well the second half of the season. Minnesota Twins are 46 and 46, a half game ahead of the Cleveland Guardians, who are one game under 500. The American League Central continues to be bad. And the American League West, Texas Rangers have a two game lead on the Houston Astros. I Said it earlier this year, I kind of think that the Astros are going to end up catching the Rangers. It's not that I don't believe in the Rangers. It's just that I believe in the Astros more. National League, your major league best record, Atlanta Braves are leading the East. They're nine and a half games ahead of the Marlins, who are 13 games over 500, by the way. So... Yeah, the Braves are having a great year. And I want to remind you that they are my World Series winner pick, and they have been all season long. Now, heading to the National League Central, it's a tie for first place between the Cincinnati Reds and the Milwaukee Brewers. 
the Reds, in my opinion, are the most they're the most exciting team in baseball. They're young. They're really kind of ahead of schedule. And they have Ellie De La Cruz, who is having a phenomenal season in his rookie year. National League West. The Diamondbacks had a hold of that division for about six weeks, maybe a little longer. Uh, They're now one game behind the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I think that this is about the time where the Dodgers are going to take off and the Diamondbacks are going to fall back to the pack a little bit. I still, I like the Diamondbacks chances for competing in the playoffs, but it's not as clear of a, a path as it was when they were leading. So the Dodgers have started to play really good baseball. Now with that, your playoff matches or your playoff seeding rather, if the season were to end today in the American league, your one and two seed would be the Rays and the Rangers. And that would put your wild card matchups between the Astros and the twins. And then you'd have blue Jays Orioles. In the National League, the Braves are one seed and the Dodgers are the two seed. With the Giants playing the Reds, the Reds hosting the Giants, rather, and the Marlins hosting the Diamondbacks. And the Marlins being in the playoffs is not something that I would have thought happened. Same with the Reds. Orioles. A lot of surprise teams, which is always good. But that's your playoff picture heading into the second half. And and it's going to be pretty fun to watch. We've still got a lot to do before then. We obviously have the trade deadline coming up. Who's buying? Who's selling? I already saw that the... St. Louis Cardinals are selling, and I don't know the last time I've seen the Cardinals be a seller at the deadline, but this is this is that this is this is that year. This is a lost season for them, unfortunately. So they're in a they're in a unique position that they don't get to find themselves in very often. So that'll be interesting. Another team that's most likely selling is the San Diego Padres, the team that had a lot of promise now and in the future is quite possibly going to be having a fire sale. They lost their TV deal through no fault of their own, but I think a lot of their contracts that they structured were largely due to expecting that TV deal. Now major league baseball is covering 80% of the deal for them, but a little different and a season that's just not gone gone to plan for them. That's what's going on. Uh, it's going to be a fun second half. I'm Brandon Johnson. This is baseball. Thank you for listening.